You made me cry when you said goodbye. Ain't that a shame? My tears fell like rain. All right, we are back. Um, we must note um, another obituary with great sadness. Uh, Richard Pryor, a, a singular comedian on the American scene, passed away last weekend as well at age 65. He had suffered for quite some time from multiple sclerosis. Pryor had battled uh, drug and alcohol abuse uh, for years. There was a famous incident in 1980 when, after freebasing, he managed to light himself on fire with some of the ether, uh, from which he was... <laughs> able to then retrieve some of his best comedy subsequently. Um, I think you probably have heard that line where he said, you know what I've noticed? When you run down the street and you're on fire, people will move out of your way. I remember seeing him on Ed Sullivan back in the 1960s. I think his high water mark, his high water mark might have been 1982. Richard Pryor, live on the Sunset Strip. Uh, sadly, with his illness and, and various substance abuse problems, uh, he was not heard much of uh, in the past a decade and a half, but uh, let's just give you a little refresher. I went to jail for income tax evasion, right? You know, I didn't know a thing about no taxes. I told the judge, said, Your Honor, I forgot. You know, he said, you remember next year, nigga? <laughs> you go down there looking for justice, that's what you find, just us. Judge said, what are you doing the next couple of months, Mr. Pryor? Well, I'll be helping cripple children and anything I can for humanity, sir. <laughs> Richard Pryor, an American original. Our third obituary for the show, and, and, and far and away our most grim, was the passing of Tookie Wilson, executed by the state of California at 12.01 Tuesday morning. Not only did Governor Schwarzenegger uh, fail to uh, grant him clemency, uh, there was a five-page uh, document, basically, that, uh, that explained why it was uh, he would not receive uh, the governor's clemency. It centered on the fact that Mr. Williams had shown, uh, basically, uh, no remorse for his crimes. Now, um, if you accept the possibility that he may not have been guilty, and of course there is always that possibility in virtue of any case, then you'd have to say that this, uh, this was not reasonable. However, if he was a guilty man, it certainly seems evident that he was not taking any responsibility for his actions. It certainly did not help uh, Mr. Williams' uh, cause that uh, prior to his execution, he and his lawyers were claiming that he'd been convicted by an all-white jury when that was simply not true. And in the clemency petition stating that Williams has uh, atoned for his crimes, he'd accepted responsibility, repented, and done whatever he could from where he is to atone. Well, if you keep denying that you did anything uh, wrong, uh, there's not much atonement in that. That's, that's why the governor ruled the way he did. I know a good many of you listeners are, are adamant uh, opponents of the death penalty, but uh, I would note that... Uh, Two-thirds of Californians feel that some people who have worked hard to earn it uh, should get that ultimate uh, penalty. And personally, I think they're right. This might be a good time to interject that the opinions heard on this program represent only those of your host and do not in any way reflect those of KDVS or the University of California or any of our sponsors. And my producer wishes me to add, or Edward McMillan, who uh, does not agree with 
my last statement by virtue of well, simply being against capital punishment. Earlier this week, I was listening to the Michael Krasny program, Forum, which is an excellent show on KQED FM, also heard locally on KQIE. Experts were talking about how the U.S. is squandering money on the war of Iraq and basically uh, they issued a report card. This is actually the members of the September 11th Commission gave the federal government poor to failing grades in enacting reforms to prevent another terrorist attack. The bipartisan panel issued a report card. They gave the government five F's, 12 D's, and two incompletes. The guest on the show, Richard Benveniste, uh, I, I believe repeatedly mentioned that he would give the government an F overall for its efforts to protect us in the wake of 9-11. Keep in mind that during this interim, we've spent 350 billion dollars pursuing a war in Iraq. I can't help noting that Condoleezza Rice on a recent tour of Asia uh, was criticizing uh, the various nations for, for, for not holding fair enough elections. <laughs> the Bush administration criticizing other nations for not holding fair elections is, I don't know, Fill in your own simile. <laughs> I think I think I'm at a loss myself. In fact, in fact, we would like you to send us an email. Complete this sentence. The Bush administration criticizing other nations for not holding free elections is like blank. We'll uh, we'll read the best one on next week's show. And speaking of bad elections, unfortunately, there's some news from Caracas, Venezuela that's not so good. President Hugo Chavez took complete control of the 167-member National Assembly last week. Opposition parties all boycotted the election, saying the voting would be rigged. Chavez's fifth Republic Movement party won 114 seats, and with allies from other parties taking the rest, a two-thirds majority apparently is enough in Venezuela to amend the Constitution. Some lawmakers say they will extend term limits to allow Chavez to stay in office. We'll watch that one. Let's go out with a bit of science and some good news, shall we? Well, uh, the Holy Grail in rose breeding apparently has finally been achieved. A Melbourne, Australia-based biotech company, Floragene, has created the world's first blue rose. It took 15 years, but evidently the variety was produced by transferring genes for the blue pigment delphinidin from pansies, terenias, and irises. The flower is now being tried out on the public in Japan and here in the U.S. And science has finally figured out how the unicorn horn works. Well, actually, of course, we know the unicorn is a mythical beast, but in medieval times, the tusks of the narwhal were uh, a mystery that were attributed to being the, uh, the elusive unicorn's horn. The narwhal, for those who aren't familiar, is a 13 to 15 foot long small whale. They weigh between 1,200 and 3,500 pounds. And many have an eight foot long tusk or tooth which emerges from the left side of the upper jaw. It has a unique spiral to it. Uh, the fact that it's asymmetric being only on the left side, it's odd distinction among most males and some females, uh, was really a great mystery. And they certainly had no idea what this tusk does. Well, apparently uh, dentists, the Martin Narwila of the Harvard School of Dental Medicine, thinks he's discovered what the narwhal's tooth does. 
in an explanation I found somewhat unsatisfactory. It was noted that it's got 10 million tiny nerve connections tunneling from the central nerve of the tusk, and it's like a membrane with a sensitive surface and can detect changes in water temperature, pressure, and particle gradients. According to the Bright Boys at Harvard, uh, by use of tracking particle gradients, they can detect water particles that hint at the fish that make up their diet. This is a somewhat unclear explanation. I don't think there's water particles out there going, hey, salmon just went by. But I do look forward to uh, reading more about this. It certainly is a unique uh, unique tooth, tooth-like form in nature. And uh, dentists think they're going to learn a lot from this about how to construct uh, uh, better uh, dental apparatuses. Or, or would it be apparati? I'm not sure. According to Fortune magazine, spurred on by reports of its heart-healthy attributes, sales of dark chocolate have swelled 31% in the past five years, more than triple the overall growth of the chocolate industry. All this correspondent can say is, it's about time. I've never understood why people prefer milk chocolate to dark chocolate here in America. Also, you should note for the record, this is another protest by my producer who much prefers the milk variety of chocolate. And researchers at Johns Hopkins University have noted that when broccoli is smeared on the skin, it apparently helps ward off skin cancer. Broccoli is one of the best cancer-fighting foods known because of sulforaphane, a powerful antioxidant chemical. So researchers say that whether you eat it or perhaps in the future wear it, broccoli is one of the most potent vegetables around. All right, final item of the show from the good news file. The Supreme Court is going to weigh in on the matter of Texas redistricting. Uh, Troubled uh, House Leader Tom DeLay's effort to basically gerrymander the bejesus out of the state of Texas is now under judicial review. In a surprise move, the justices announced they would examine the constitutionality of a Republican effort back in 2003 to redraw voting districts in a way that heavily favored Republican candidates. The scheme, masterminded by then-House Majority Leader Tom DeLay, helped the Texas GOP win a two-to-one advantage in congressional seats while while igniting an all-out partisan war with state Democrats. The Texas redistricting plant is also at the center of Mr. DeLay's September indictment for allegedly violating Texas campaign finance laws. Apparently in April of 2004, in, uh, in, a, in a case involving a challenge to a redistricting plan drawn up by Republicans in Pennsylvania, justices split four to four on whether the courts had authority to second-guess statewide redistricting plans. The conservative wing held that lawsuits challenging political gerrymandering were outside the court's power to address because no manageable standards exist to demonstrate when political considerations go too far. The court's liberals disagreed. Apparently, uh, Anthony Kennedy was the key swing vote in that case. He sided with the conservative wing, but he has declined to join the conservative wing in foreclosing any future judicial involvement in policing political gerrymandering. This, uh... This is going to be very interesting. We certainly hope that um, we hope the right thing is can be done in Texas and elsewhere. As you know, we supported Prop uh, 77 here in effort to get rid of the outrageous gerrymandering that exists in California. And I'd like to see a national standard adopted where reasonably independent people can draw these lines instead of uh, you know the politicians themselves. 
All right, our thanks once again to our own general manager, Stephen Valentino, for helping out on today's program. This show is produced as they all are by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. Now stay tuned for Todd to follow with Hometown Atrocities. We'll see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock. Deep in the heart of Texas The sage in bloom is like perfume Deep in the heart of Texas Reminds me of the one I love Deep in the heart